Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Now the key couple of words in there is deny himself. He said, deny yourself. No, 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 no. I get to name it and claim it. Nope. Jesus said, deny yourself, your identity of everything you are, everything you were, everything you've had, all of it. You got to walk away. Now, before I was called into ministry, I had a radio career of 20 years. I had to leave it all behind in order to do ministry. And that was hard. It was not easy to give up, to give all that stuff up and to, you know, I was invested fully in all these great things. That's where, that's where my identity was. That's what I knew. But even beyond just leaving what I had, what is ahead is taking up one's own cross, Jesus said. Now, friends, that's a whole new ball game right there. It's one thing to just leave what you used to do, but in going into this calling, To take up your cross? Friends, do you realize that a cross is where everything is taken away from you? A cross is where you go to die. That's where you lose absolutely everything. And Jesus said, if you can't do this, you can't follow me. So I want you to consider the woman in our story here. The Lord's will was that she leave Israel. Walk away from everything she had, everyone she knew, everything she had going on, to go live among the Philistines, the Philistines of all people, Israel's mortal enemy. Friends, could you do that? I want you to consider the fact that we live in a world that hates Jesus. That's, they are the enemy of the people of God, and they hate us. Because of the Lord Christ. They hate us because of Him. We live in a foreign world that hates the Lord, that is His enemy. Kind of see a parallel between us and the woman where she had to go live among a hateful people that didn't like her. And that's where we are right now as believers in this world. Friends, we are required to live as sacrifices. Don't buy into this theology that says you get to name and claim whatever you want to have and it should be yours because God just wants to shower you with blessings, just give you everything you want. No, that's not the life of sacrifice. That's you looking for your own life means you're going to lose it. He who gives up his life for Jesus' sake, they're going to find it. So we have to live as sacrifices. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, he said, I beseech you. That's kind of beyond our normal English these days. At least it is for mine. (laughs) 
Uh, beseech means to ask somebody to do something with urgency. Means this is not a light matter. This isn't something you can just gloss over and forget about it in five minutes after you turn the radio off. You have to, this is a very urgent matter. He says you got to be a sacrifice. And living as a sacrifice means quite simply that there's going to be times you're going to have to give up major things that you don't want to give up. It's all the stuff you have going on. You're going to have to let it go. Just like the woman here in chapter 8 that had to leave her home. Now, friends, I'm glad that this verse we just read says that it's your reasonable service. That's very important. (laughs) It's reasonable. Because the instructions for the woman to leave her home, a lot of people would have considered that to be an unreasonable command. Well, that's not reasonable. Why should you have to do that? Okay, people are going to say that. And there's going to be times when the Lord will tell you to do something that everybody else is going to consider to be unfair, that that's not right. That's unreasonable. Why should you have to leave and go somewhere else? Do you hear what I'm getting at? Friends, I want you to know that your sacrifice to God, the sacrifice, the things you have to give up, that is reasonable. It is your reasonable service to God. Think of it. Jesus gave up his whole life for you. Why can't you give up some things for him? The reason why she was told to give everything up is because God's wrath was coming. And it was through sacrifice that the Lord was going to save her. She had to sacrifice her life to get out of Israel for her life to be saved. She had to go through sacrifice to get life. Now, friends, here's the gospel message right here in 2 Kings 8, that the Lord offered someone salvation from his wrath through sacrifice. Titus 2 verse 14 says that Jesus sacrificed himself to save us from God's wrath against our sin. I hope you can see that the gospel message is in this story today, that for us to get eternal life, we got it through sacrifice. We got it through the sacrifice that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Today's story is an illustration of how God wants to save us through sacrifice. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. You know, if we're going to imitate the Lord, then we have to be willing to give up big things, even our own selves, deny ourselves when it's called upon us to do so. You want to imitate the Lord? Okay, he sacrificed for you. If you're imitating the Lord, you got to sacrifice for him. If you're going to do like he did for you, then you're going to have to do the same kind of things. This story here in 2 Kings chapter 8 will probably never be taught in the prosperity theology circles that are going on out there, okay? Because the woman in this story, she could not name and claim staying in her house. She could not deny Elisha's warning and shout at him saying, not today, Satan. You know, those t-shirt and bumper sticker theology things that people seem to know these days rather than read God's word. She could not say, I declare in the name of the Lord that I will not leave my house. She did not say, I declare in the name of the Lord that I will not live among the Philistines. She could not say, oh, but the Lord God has given me so much favor that I shouldn't have to be moved from my home. I'm going to stay right here. 
Had she said that, she would have been under God's judgment. She would have been right in the middle of the of the famine that Elisha was trying to save her from. So you see how that name it, claim it will get you in trouble. Now, this kind of manner of praying here, I, I no, I'm not going to move. I, uh, the Lord God has to give me favor. I can name, claim whatever I want to. This kind of praying is a perversion of pulled apart scripture pieces that are forced together to make a doctrine of disobedience, which glorifies self instead of glorifying God. Name it, claim it, has an appearance of godliness, but it denies its power. So what should we do to make sure we stay in the Lord's will whenever he calls upon us to give something up, to do something that's hard? What should we do to make sure we stay right? Well, we should do what Jesus said. Take up your cross. And a cross is where you go to die. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I remember I was given a sound system at a job place I used to work at, and um, I was asked to test it. We were going to have some kind of event. So I put it outside, and there was other offices with other businesses up and down this little office district. And I put it out there, and somebody said, hey, Give Ray the microphone. He's going to be a preacher someday. So that's the verse I shouted through that sound system. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. And all these people in these offices started looking out the window like, who is that? So anyway, I I really permeated the gospel message through that the office complex that day. It was pretty fun. But anyway, since Christ gave himself for us, it's only right that we give ourselves for him. He was our sacrifice. So let us now be a sacrifice for him so others can see Jesus in us. Now, how do we do this? How do we be a sacrifice? That's found in Hebrews 13, verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So this woman, she lived among Israel's enemy, the Philistines. Okay, now I made the parallel that where we live today, it's not our home. We live among the enemies of God here in this world. It's kind of a similar situation. So I want us to consider that if it says we continually offer sacrifice to God by giving thanks to his name, then what do you think is going to happen to us? If you're constantly giving credit to God, thanks to God, all honor and glory to God among an entire culture of people that absolutely hates the Lord, and they hear you say that, what do you think they're going to do? What are the, what's going to happen to us for this? Well, friends, we're going to be persecuted. And that's going to, Jesus said persecution will come. He didn't say it might come. He, he said it will. You can expect it, but since Jesus said it was coming, just go ahead and take comfort in that. He's, he's got that under control, but we're going to be persecuted. Things will be taken away from us. Right now, everybody's in an uproar about all the things that they are losing. But you know, friends, praising God, that's part of your reasonable service. That's part of your sacrifice to Him. And praising God with your lips is not just done at church. You know, you go to church in the morning and they have that little 30 minutes of time where everybody is singing to the Lord God and then the 30 minutes is over and that's it. No, that's this is constant. 
Praise to God should be done in your workplace. That alone right there raises some eyebrows, doesn't it? Because a lot of people are afraid they're going to get fired if they talk about the Lord, okay? When I worked in radio, I publicly credited God with every job success I ever had. When things went right, thank the Lord he was with me. Rather than take credit for myself and try to make myself look big, well, yeah, I'm the greatest radio communications technician there ever was. Now, I said, you know, the, I, the Lord did this for me. We need to start being sacrifices for the Lord, praising him with our lips, even in the workplace. You can do that. I remember one time I got into a conflict with some coworkers, and I strived for reconciliation with them. So I told them it was my God's command for me to reconcile with them. How many of you go to work every single day and you absolutely cannot stand your coworker or your boss? That's not right. You need to reconcile with them. That is part of your sacrificial, reasonable service before God. Now, when I consider that the Lord had called me to full-time ministry, but before he called me, before I actually got into doing it, he told me I had to live out ministry continually where I was at, even at work. Because if I refused to do it in the workplace, if I refused to serve the Lord God where I was, then I would refuse to serve him in a church environment as well. Friends, if you refuse to live for the Lord right now, right where you are, then you're never going to do it anywhere else. If you want Jesus to acknowledge you before the Father, then you have to acknowledge Jesus before men continually. And yes, it is a sacrifice to do so. You're going to have to give up a lot of big things because of it. You're going to make people mad, I know. You're going to lose opportunities, okay. You're going to lose man's opportunities. You're not going to lose God opportunities, all right? So weigh it out. This is better. And this is where most people refuse to follow the Lord his way because it sounds way too costly for them to accept. Again, how do you think the woman felt when Elisha told her, leave her home and leave everything that she had? Do you think that living for seven years with the Philistines was tough? Do you think it was easy? Oh, I imagine it had to be pretty hard. So, friends, let me ask you, what is the point of all of this story? What's the point of this? 1 Peter 5.10 says, But may the God of all peace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, oh, underline that, after you have suffered a while. No, I'm going to name claim my way out of it. No, it says after you have suffered a while. It's written, guys. We're stuck with it, okay? I'm going to say it again. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's, that's the good stuff there. So we, we want that encouragement and settling and strengthening, but we got to go through the suffering part first. It's up front. The woman in our story, she had to give up everything in her life, and she had to go and suffer a little while. Seven years. Seven is perfection or completeness in the Bible, she had to go and suffer completely. Friends, Messiah Jesus, he suffered completely for us on the cross. But now in the context of this story, we understand what her suffering was for. See, a lot of people, no, no I don't want the suffering. I, I, I don't want it. But when you look at this woman, you understand why she had to suffer. 
It was so that God could spare her of the judgment that he had to put on Israel. It was the famine that was coming that he spared her from. We can look at her story and go, oh, yeah, well, I see why she had to leave. She had to leave so she could escape the, the famine. There, that's easy. Well, friends, what about your trial? What about your suffering? We get too concentrated on our suffering that we say, oh, woe is me, but rather we should look at it like we look at this woman. Well, wait a minute. What is God sparing me from through this trouble? You see what I'm getting at? Sometimes our suffering is God's way of sparing us from a judgment that he has to put on others. But as the scripture says, after a little while, she was allowed to come back and the Lord established her again by settling her back into her land. Now, some of you right now hearing me, you're, you're going through some kind of suffering and you're wondering, oh goodness, what's it all for? It could be for the same purpose that it was for this woman. It could be the Lord's way of relocating you for the purpose of sparing you from something that's much, much worse, or to test you or to teach you how to give up big things, to teach you to live as a sacrifice for him. This causes me to review my trials very differently, because when God says no to something that I really want, it gives me a moment of pause that perhaps his no to me is actually for my protection, like his leave Israel was protection for this woman. So remember the woman's faithfulness. She gave everything up. She trusted that God knew better than she did and that she would be restored by him in due time. Acts 3 verse 19, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. <laughs> that is so big, I have to say, hang on just a minute, let me catch my breath. <laughs> the restoration of all things. Didn't say some things, all things. This woman had everything restored to her, all things. Friends, we have a restoration of all things ahead. So, no matter what you have to give up to follow Jesus, know that the Lord has our full restoration yet ahead of us. King Joram, he restored this woman back to her land. He restored her home. He even restored all her earnings retroactively, paying her everything that her land and all her businesses had produced in her absence for the whole past seven years that she wasn't even there. <laughs> I know sometimes you feel like you're missing out on something when you go through a trial or a period of suffering, like you're losing something. You're not losing anything. The Lord God is the one who can restore it all back to you. You're not missing out on anything at all by being a sacrifice for the Lord. You're gaining, actually. Now, again, if a God-hater like King Joram could restore this woman that well, then how much more do you think that Jesus could restore you and me of all things? That's full restoration. Look at the good news that we have to look forward to. And finally, one of the best parts of this story is how the woman suddenly showed up before the king and stood in front of him. This means that she knew she could come before the king's very throne. She could walk in there. 
That was not very common, okay? She knew she had every right to come and stand before the king. How did she ever have the confidence to do such a thing as this? Because she knew what God's word said about her being entitled to her inheritance. God's word said, no one can take this from you. You get to have it. And that's how she knew she could go. And she had no reservations about walking right in before the king to receive it. First Peter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. That means it's yours. That means when you've got your reservation on it, nobody gets to take it away. Nobody can, because it's reserved for you. So look, God's word says that your inheritance is reserved for you. So do you know what this means? Since you know it's yours and nobody can take it away, it means you can have full assurance that you can come before the presence of King Jesus to ask for it. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Friends, our reasonable service is to live as sacrifices while we live in this foreign hostile world. This will require us to give up big things. But we should do it with the understanding that it's for our protection from the judgments that God has to put on the world for its sin. So don't try to hold on to what God removes from your life. Instead, just let it all go. Let it all go knowing that God has already promised to restore all things. You know, He has bundled this promise of restoration in with the guarantee of our inheritance, which is eternal life. And because of Jesus' sacrifice that was done for us on the cross, we are entitled to the inheritance of eternal life. And because we know what God has promised us about this in His Word, He has promised us that we can have this. You give your life to Jesus. You submit yourself to Him. Make Him your Lord and Savior. God has promised us in His Word that we can walk right in before the King invoking our God-given right to approach the king to ask for the eternal life that we have been promised. Friends, you want eternal life? Pray with me. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you, Lord God, that you wrote eternal life down in your word as a guaranteed gift that I can have if I will give myself to, to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for being a sacrifice for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving up big things so that I could be saved. Teach me to do the same. Teach me to do that reasonable service of being a sacrifice. Lord, I know that you know better than I do. My trying to hang on to this life is going to get me in trouble. Teach me to be a sacrifice and give it up so that you can move me to new places I would never go to on my own. Thank you for coming to get me. In Jesus' name, amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.